0: Welcome to Deep North. We're here today with staff writer Ragnar Thomas on his piece First Among Equals.
1: First Among Equals Every morning at the public pool in West Reykjavik, Haltor Bergmann, called Dore, slips into his gray square leg suit and declares that he shall swim 1,800 meters. He is 60 years old and also a great mangler of the truth. He swims only 200 meters on a good day, but does not like the facts getting in the way of a good time, and this may be his best quality, his penchant for childlike embellishment. It's this trait, above any else perhaps, that has won over a troop of loyal followers, and why those followers have, in the spirit of his own whimsy, taken to calling him the commander. He is not a large man, not by Icelandic standards, but there is something undeniably grand about him. As he rises from the waters after his swim, chin up, chest out, goggles on his head, bronze skin glistening in the pale morning sun. Digging his toes into his flip-flops, he struts toward the glass yurt that houses the pool steam room. Three of his contemporaries, roughly speaking, crouching at the shallow end of the pool, heads bobbing languidly up and down, up and down, follow him with their eyes. Steaming a while in the yurt, The commander confabulates about politics, current events, and sports with his fellow patrons, while remaining, seemingly always, at the center of attention. When the heat becomes unbearable, he marches back out again, relishing the contrast between the mugginess of the steam room and the cool summer air. But all of this, the swim, the steam, the shooting, the proverbial breeze, is a mere preamble for the marrow of his daily ritual. For almost four decades, he has rallied them here, his troops, at the edges of the public pool, come rain, wind, or snow, and guided them through a tightly scripted regimen of quaint exercises invented by and bearing the name of Danish gymnastics educator J.P. Mueller. Mueller's book, My System, which outlined his personal philosophy on health and wellness and included 18 exercises, was a bestseller when it was published in 1904. Promising to transform the figure of the common weakling into that of a Greek god, Mueller converted the likes of Franz Kafka, whose physique was once described by a Prague physician as thin and delicate. Mueller was born with a similarly frail constitution, but owing to strenuous exercise and with the aid of his system, which he developed to keep his comrades at the Copenhagen Rowing Club fit during the off-season, he would later be described by the Danish painter Karl Bloch as, quote, "...physically the most perfect man he had ever seen." Decades ahead of his time, Mueller warned his contemporaries against a sedentary lifestyle, against smoking, drinking, and indigestible food, writing that nature avenges herself with mathematical certainty. Mueller's prescience may explain why his legacy lives on in West Reykjavik, although the commander has never read his book. It's a daily spectacle that always begins the same way, with a rallying cry that all of the patrons of West Reykjavik's pool are now long familiar with. The exercises are beginning! Meant to be taken as an amiable invitation, everyone is allowed to participate, but bellowed as it is in the commander's deep, resonant voice, with backing vocals from his adjutant Rakna, 68, it sounds more like a directive. This rallying cry sends them, the commander's troop, Shkoki, 71, Run, 73, Björn, 68, Margret, 75, among others, scuttling half naked from the hot pots and pools to the far corner of the facilities, where they line up in loose formations in front of their leader. They're not the most vigorous of units, but what they lack in youth, mobility, and grace, they more than make up for in good spirit. There is singing, there is laughter, there is semi-impromptu poetry. A few members take turns composing topical quatrains, which they then sing. The exercises include the Helsinki, invented by the commander, where the mullerist swings both hands upwards and then downwards, as if wielding a pair of ski poles, the Archer, a classic from the Mueller canon, where the practitioner pretends to fire a bow while the commander cautions, don't shoot the priest, a reference to Reverend Oliver Yohaneson, who distributes coffee and plastic cups to the Muellerists at the conclusion of their exercises, along with several trunk-twisting calisthenics that are executed with various degrees of gracefulness. It all began as an accident, with an accident. In 1982, perched upon scaffolding ten feet above the ground, the commander felt the platform beneath his feet collapse, sending him plummeting knee-first into a flat rock. He has worked in construction for most of his life. During rehabilitation, Dr. Stefan Halskrimson taught the commander Mueller's system in order to improve the mobility of his knees. Almost immediately, the latter became so enamored with these exercises Then he brought them to the public pool in West Reykjavik, where he has made a daily ritual of their performance ever since. There are over 100 pools in Iceland, scattered about the city and across the country's habitable rim. Having one within walking distance of one's home is a kind of civil right, some have argued. But to the commander, who cruises past at least seven of them every morning in order to visit his pool, he lives in Morserspeit, they are also a luxury and a privilege. Anyone inquiring into the long-standing Mueller's tradition in West Reykjavik will learn various interesting tidbits from its originator. The core of the commander's troop amounts to approximately 30 people. They coordinate on a private Facebook page, Venerdota or Dotish Friends. He, the commander, is the only original member of the group, although a few started three or four years after the first session, and twice a year, in spring and in fall, they take trips together, to in countryside or abroad, to Mueller in foreign pools. What is most remarkable about this whole affair, however, is not the fact that three dozen Icelanders have been performing a series of century-old exercises at the same public pool for nearly 40 years, but rather that the first woman in history to be democratically elected head of state, Vigdís Finnbogadóttir, was once a fellow of this curious society. Less than two kilometers away from West Reykjavik's public pool, the former president, who lived in Denmark after the final term of her presidency and always missed the Icelandic pools, welcomes me into her home. Having never met a president, I bring her a decorative jar of sweets and listen as she relates the origins of her Mueller connection. Veethys remains an honorary member to this day, attending the group's annual Christmas celebration at Kaffevaknen, Iceland's oldest restaurant, every December. Veethys, who the commander still refers to as, quote, our president, confirms that it all began many years ago when she arrived at the West Reykjavik pool with her friend Yanni Jokins to swim. Noticing the two of them... The commander approached and invited them to Mueller. The so-called Jenny exercise, named for Vitis's friend, remains an integral part of his Mueller regiment. An active member for many years, Vitis was eventually compelled to discontinue her Mueller routine on a doctor's recommendation, having contracted pneumonia. It is likely that Mueller himself, who argued that motion increases and maintains vitality up to life's normally late limit, would have vigorously disagreed with his recommendation. Listening to Vigdi's talk, leaning forward in deferential silence, I am reminded how some have described the Icelandic pools, in so many words, as our great equalizers. Thinking that this story lends credence to that sentiment, but trying perhaps too hard to elevate the story above its queer details, I comment, it says something about Iceland, about Icelandic pool culture, doesn't it? They say that George W. Bush was a member of the Skull and Bone Society, that Franklin Roosevelt was a Freemason, that Nixon belonged to the Order of the Red Friars, but I like the thought of you on the edges of West Reykjavik's public pool, mullering with the common people. I never stopped being one of the people, Vicky replies. I've always been one of us, a normal girl from the west side of Reykjavik. As I bid farewell to the former president with a misguided by, and am subsequently chided for insulting the Icelandic language with a lone word, the tagline of an as-yet unreleased documentary comes to mind. The Russians have their vodka, the Finns have their saunas, and the Icelanders have their public pools. The slogan is too cute, but it's not wrong, not entirely. The public pools are our great equalizers, places where presidents and plebeians alike come together to talk, to relax, to exercise, and sometimes even to Mueller.
0: Thank you for that, Ragnar. So, first of all, um, you know, what, what What just kind of got you interested in this piece?
1: Um, yeah, so this is uh, an older article from the archives. I believe it was published in 2019, um, and at the time I was... Um, I'd been living in to the west side of Reykjavik, for about three years, and I had the habit of going to the pool, the Vesturbjörnleik, on a near daily basis, as um, many Icelanders do. And I remember, I think one of the first times that I went there, I was sitting in the hot tub um, before work, early—I don't know, six thirty or seven or something—and And, you know, it's quiet, it's peaceful. And then all of a sudden, some older gentleman jumps up and starts bellowing, the exercises are beginning. And I'm like, what is going on here? And then all of these um, vigorous senior citizens sort of pop up from the various corners of the pool. And they start doing these very bizarre exercises. And I remember I just um, watched in amazement and disbelief. And then, you know, um, I think I participated a few times as well. That <laughs> is a very, very good way to start start the morning. So, yeah, I think that was sort of the hook, and we also thought that it would probably make for some great photographs. Um, and Gullet did a, a good good job with the uh, with the pictures.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, definitely pool culture is one of these things that people think of, uh, first when they think of Iceland and, you know, uh, I also think like a really kind of great image that's kind of developed to the piece is just this idea of the equalizer, you know, I mean, everybody, um, is going to the pool in the morning, whether it's rich businessmen and politicians and leaders of the country and just the rest of us. Um, you know, I mean, I also think that something that's really positive about the pool, honestly, is just, you know, I mean, being around other people's bodies in different states of age and stuff, you know, I mean, uh, often when you're at their gym, you just kind of uh, get the sense of, you know, that your body has to live up to some sort of image or something. I mean, I do think it is just really positive for people to, you know, be around older people, be around younger people, just kind of see the human body in all of its stages um
1: and in, in various positions as well i mean i remember when i moved back from the states i had been to the pool a lot and you know you see these old people just stretching and like you know putting their legs up on the benches to reach certain wet spots and you know <laughs> at first it was whoa what's going on and then it's like yeah that's just the
0: human body and that's perfectly natural I do admit uh, one of the hardest things for me uh, when I was a kid and I went to school here uh, was swim class. You know, like that was actually quite uh, a big culture difference for me. Um, You know, I mean, uh, in the U.S., uh, you know, we often have uh, P.E. classes, physical education, uh, but... I think that because of the very kind of legalistic culture in the U S everyone's just kind of afraid of nudity and lawsuits and stuff. Yeah. So like you never actually take like a shower in a school uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're just kind of thrown into this environment where you're just with your friends, with your classmates, but you have to <laughs> take a shower together. And you know, like, like that was actually something to kind of, uh, to overcome a bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Cause I grew up, um, for six years in Iceland and then. I, I was briefly in California, and then I moved back until the age of 11. So I grew up going to the pool two or three, four times a week. And all of that was completely natural. And then I remember how um, confused I was when I moved to Florida. And and as you mentioned, in, in PE classes in high school, you know there were these showers there, which no one ever used. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. And I, I was always like, wait, and no one showered. And even if it was... I mean, the first period of the the day, you know, people would just like they'd get sweaty, and then they'd try to, you know, make deodorant work for the rest of the day. (laughs) And I I remember as well. I mean, I had a friend visit from California when we were about seven, and we went to Lourdesleyen, and and he was just absolutely horrified and, and mortified by the prospect of having to get fully undressed in the showers with everyone else and there was this older sort of janitor there who was or was some kind of shower guard who was just like who noticed that he he um he put his bathing suit on before showering and he was like not having it he was like <laughs> almost poking him and prodding him with some kind of mop or something and saying no no you have to get undressed and it was just this terrible experience and which cuts to the core of yeah how <laughs> how how, I, I guess, different Iceland in America are in that regard.
0: Yeah, um, you know, definitely also this time of year uh, makes me think about just, yeah, maybe this kind of connection between pools and mental health. I mean, as we're recording this, I mean, it's been a pretty icy, uh, pretty cold winter. Uh, you know, I mean, I know that for me personally, um You know, sometimes I'll just kind of feel like I'm just getting agitated and stressed out, and then I'll just kind of think about it, and I'll just think that, wow, it's actually been a little while since I've been to the pool, right? Um, and I think that's, like, a really important uh, part of people's routine, and, um, you know, like, like you kind of jokingly say that, uh, you know, it's almost like a civil right uh, to have a pool within walking distance, Um, you know, I was actually uh, watching, I think, this documentary that you mentioned uh, that was coming out at the time, uh, but is out now. Um, And, you know, something else that was pretty interesting to me is also just out in the countryside, like in more rural communities. I mean, something that we take for granted in the city is walking to the pool, but I mean, there are also people uh, for whom it's so important to go to the pool every day that, you know, they are driving, 30, 40, 50 kilometers one way right. basically every day <laughs> to go to the pool. Uh such, a, such an important part of life.
1: Yeah, and also sort of the community that you sort of, I mean, your group of friends are often at one particular pool, and like the commander in the story, I mean, he lives in Morserspite, which is as far away as you can get almost in the capital area from Vestabai but he drives past seven or eight pools every morning, or did at the time at least, um, just to be there with his people and, and to do these exercises. And I mean, it's also, I mean, I remember it was a variable when we were searching for a home a while back. I remember thinking, like, we looked at a few properties and we're like, or, or apartments and, um, I remember thinking at one point, like, wait, no, where would I go to the pool? I can't <laughs> which is, I guess, pretty uniquely Icelandic.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you know, like another just kind of interesting thought um, is, you know, on the one hand, the pool is this kind of equalizer. Uh, everybody's going there, um, you know, but I think it's also maybe kind of uh, fun to think of um, – you know, whereas uh, maybe American politicians have these uh, Ivy League secret societies and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, these pool groups are very much their own kind of social institutions yeah. in a way. Uh, you know, I mean, like, almost like Iceland secret societies themselves <laughs> somehow. Uh, it's kind of fun to think of. Um, but, you know, I mean, these really are not just weekly exercise groups. I mean, some of these groups are also kind of reading groups and, like, maybe they'll have coffee at a cafe afterwards or something. They'll travel together. I mean, for a lot of, uh, especially senior citizens, I mean, this really is kind of the main way that you socialize. And, I mean, like, in that way, it really just is a pillar of Icelandic community. So, you know, I mean, like, it's kind of fun to talk about, but I think that, you know, like, in a pretty serious way, they are really important, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think everyone who's been in the pool, I mean, it's it's one of the s- few smartphone-free zones, so you're kind of forced to yeah. sit there and be in the moment. And especially for the, for the elderly, it's such a great way to get some exercise. I mean, the low gravity of the pool and, you know, you can swim a few laps and then as, as it's become popular in Iceland over the recent years, you have the cold pots so you can transition from the cold to the hot, which is probably... Very good for the immune system, and then you have the saunas and the steam rooms. So yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it's one of the top five things about living in Iceland, if not the best thing, almost in my opinion.
0: So finally, I believe that everybody has a kind of pool story. Um, do you have a kind of interesting anecdote or something? Just a just a coincidence or something funny that's happened.
1: At the pool. Hmm. So for instance,
0: (laughs) I think I have a pretty good pool story. Um, And uh, this is, oh, geez, maybe three or four years ago already. Um, It was the day after New Year's. Uh, I'd been out with a friend, and uh, my friend had actually lost their phone. Um, Then I got a text uh, from somebody who had found the phone, and they were really, really nice and uh, had found it and uh, just handed it off to us. Uh, and we're really appreciative. Um, and, you know, I mean, as one does, we're a little bit hungover, and uh, we decide just kind of soak in a pool for the rest of the day. And like, who did we meet just like an hour or two later, but just this same guy. And uh, <laughs> to me, that was just so illustrative of like what the pool is about, of just this kind of small community and just kind of bumping into these people that are kind of in your daily life but you've never really seen or talked to but you just kind of see around uh, and just kind of bring you together and yeah you know i mean like we had like a pretty nice conversation after that and just kind of felt like oh well that's a new friend
1: (laughs) yeah i have i have like one of the funniest things that i've um ever heard of as regards to my own family was that my father went to Shruderbeilain, um, which is uh, the public pool in Hapnavirur, and he was um, in the hot pot, and he met an acquaintance there, and they were engaged in um, this pretty lively conversation, uh, in, which must have been very engaging. And they were sitting there talking, and um, and then all of a sudden someone gets out of the pool and or out of the hot tub, and my friend's, or my dad's friend, he says, wait wasn't that your son? And my dad's like, what? Yeah, wasn't that your son that just left the hot pot? And he's like, no, 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 that uh, it wasn't my son that couldn't, you know, I, no, of course not. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it, it, it couldn't have been him. And then this was early in the morning, and he goes back home and has some breakfast and is drinking coffee, and we were all living um, in, in the same house. This was when I was 20, and my brother was 16 or something, and my brother comes up to the kitchen table, and he's like, well, thanks for saying hi to me in the hot tub, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, like, if it says more about my father, the fact that he was so engaged in this conversation that he didn't notice his son sitting <laughs> there and then getting out, or it says more about my brother that he didn't actually say hi, <laughs> he just <laughs> sat there and, and left, so yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely um, two kinds of people. The people that just want to soak and kind of be left alone. <laughs> yes. And then, uh, you know, like like some people are just kind of looking to, to hang out a bit, I guess. Uh, yeah,
1: and engage in conversation, right?
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Ragnar. No problem. Deep North is the official podcast of Iceland Review, the oldest continuously running English language publication on Iceland, covering community, nature, and culture. If you enjoyed listening please consider subscribing to Ice Review at our website.